Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the City SC Report. My name is Steve and with me is me amigo Joe. Hey Joe. Hey everybody. And joining us today is a special guest we're happy to have with us, our friend and also a Joe, Joe Nauman. What's Thank up, you guys Joe? for having me. Uh, yeah. This is awesome. First podcast ever. Ooh, uh, there you go. Obviously long time listener from the inception and uh, <laughs> yeah. Right on. Looking forward to adding my you know, one penny if I can. Should we call you Joe number two? What should we call you? Just don't call me OJ, the oh. other Joe or anything like that. I was a lineman. I take offense to that. Whatever just just so we us, don't confuse you. I don't one know. of us needs a nickname. Joe two is fine. Joe two? <laughs> Joe two. Either way, I'm happy to be uh, say that I am between two Joes for this podcast episode. Between two Joes. We have a name. So uh, Joe is a new friend and new Luligan. So the whole reason we have him on is to... Uh, have him share his experiences with the Luligans so far, what to expect for those who might want to jump in or just to stand and be part of the supporter section next season. But before we jump into that, let's do a little bit of uh, City 2 news. So since our last episode, City 2 played two matches. They lost at home to Minnesota, 4 to nothing. We'll pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. It and, was uh, not pretty. No. Learning, and, learning experience. We learned a lot from that match. And last Friday, though, we came back and won uh, at the Monarch Butterflies 2 nothing on the road. That one was a lot better. At least that, uh, as much of it as we could watch. I don't think any of us saw the second goal with uh, the feed going down from MLS Next Pro. That was, uh, that, that was fun. Yeah, we were hoping they would rebound from losing two in a row at Louisville. Lowellville, of course, and then... Uh, the Minnesota match, and and uh, they did it. Yeah, obviously you saw, I think, a little bit of a different performance in that Minnesota game, different lineup, uh, different experience, and it led to a significantly different outcome. Uh, a lot of backpedaling, a lot of less sure footing, it felt like, on the defense, especially in the Minnesota game. Well, and Minnesota brought down, you know, there's some first-team players. Uh, we know they had a good lineup. I'm going to pull one I told you so on the lineup for the Minnesota game in our last podcast episode. I said Kwame Awua is the one player who I do not like how he's playing so far. I don't trust him. Joe hates and, this guy. Well, I'm going to keep hammering it until you notice he was not in the starting lineup in the Real game. I think they're starting to see the same thing. He, he does not contribute a lot on offense, and he is an absolute liability on defense. Every one of those, all right, three of the Minnesota goals and the one other really good shot that just went wide, he was out of position when Minnesota had the ball. He was back there during all those plays. If you're going to play him at that wing back position, when the other team has the ball, he has to have some sort of a responsibility in our half. If you only want him to play the offensive half of the field, you can't play him at wingback. He needs to be a midfielder and leave him up there. If you're going to play him in the backfield and there's a long run of play in the backfield, he needs to contribute at least a little bit, and he is out of position on all of those. He personally was responsible for at least two of those goals and could have helped on a third one. Yeah, I think I see it, something very similar when I watch his play, that there there's a lot of potential, but it does seem like he is out of position by formation not because he's in the wrong place but he's being put in the wrong position it seems like. and i think maybe they just don't have a spot for him and they're trying to force him into a spot for the system that they're running and if a player just doesn't fit the system then maybe 
he just doesn't fit the system, you know. Yeah, and it's the second oldest player on our team outside of our emergency backup goaltender we talked about a little <laughs> bit off, offline. Um, that's not really what we're expecting. You know, we're, we're looking for that leadership. We're looking for somebody to kind of count on. And there were many liabilities in that Minnesota game. I don't want to make this oh, a, a no. Kwame was, kind uh, of bashing, but that was made a, mistakes, yeah. a, a lot of mistakes. The inexperience in people in positions it felt like in the Minnesota game is what I think led to a lot of their their scores especially you know not knowing how to handle their response to the press coming back and uh, yeah and I've heard some other people talking about that it just being the the natural downside to playing a very pressing style that you know you're going to get beat in the back sometimes and you are but that means that you've got to be running the right people to fit that system to, to minimize the downside. You know, if, if you are aware that that could happen to you, that you could get beat in the back, then that's going to affect what kind of people you plug into that pressing system. So there's a reason why this is still a two-team. They're still going to be looking for guys, you know, and not all of them are going to fit, which is why some of them will probably be one-year-and-done guys like a lot of us are used to watching in the USL. You know, these right. are not guys you're signing for three- or four-year deals. You know, it... A lot of them are going to get a look, and and they're going to move on. And uh, you know, you hope that they that some of them pan out, but they don't all have to. It's a two team. Well, regardless, <clears throat> it's over and done with. That was our first loss of the season. We rebounded well. We did on the we road. Looked a lot better the next week. And absolutely. Last episode, we talked about uh, Josh Doling and how he really he had contributed as far as setting up goals and making plays, but. He still had yet to, to reach the score sheet. Turns around, and what happens? We give him good luck, and he scores a brace on the road. So pretty uh, pretty impressive. That's yeah, what we yeah. wanted to see. I mean, he definitely looked like the living up to that potential we were talking about. He, he looked good out there, and I'm, I'm glad for him to, <laughs> to see the stats reflecting the level of play that he's been putting up. Yeah, and looking at that game, based on some of the stats I've been pulling on the side as a total amateur soccer nerd, <laughs> Looking at you know the age of each of the, the lineups that we've started, this is the second oldest lineup we've started outside of the Rochester game. And obviously being on the road, new environment, time change, all that kind of stuff, like that makes sense. That's how you want a team to be set up for your veterans to, to go in and do that. People that have more experience, so you, you expect that. Um, I'm interested to see what lineup we, we talk about this evening um, and, and how maybe that plays a role too. That's right. Tonight... We are hosting Vancouver Whitecaps 2 at home. Um, we're leaving straight uh, away from after the, doing this podcast to it. Vancouver, if you were. Vancouver. That's exactly. That, that, that's, uh, I don't know why we haven't been calling them that already. Vancouver. We, so does that mean we all get to make wild predictions uh, now and see who, who sounds really smart or really dumb uh, by the time this episode yeah. drops? Hey, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Vancouver is... Pretty similar to us record-wise and stats-wise, too. Um, close to, I think we have a game in hand, if I, I believe, or they do, one or the other. Um, but uh, our goal goals for and goals against are pretty similar. Um, so I am going to guess a, well, wait, we can't have draws. I'm going to guess 2-1. Two, 2-1 one. Two, one good guys. Jode number two. I'm going to go 3 1 good guys in regular time, late goal by the bad guys to kind of spoil what has been a continuing uptrend in, in positive offensive performance. 
could see that, especially with the, the way we've been doing late subs, pulling a lot of our defenders off. I could see them scoring. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say 2-1, but uh, since you're saying that already, <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm gonna be more go positive up, and go. go <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going 2-0. Uh, let's hope we get back nice. to the clean sheet ways. Uh, you know, just repeat last week's score. That looked good. Let's do it again, you know, in front of the home crowd. And I haven't seen any of the actual injury report on Walker. I mean, obviously, so Creek is the guy, it feels like, going forward until Berkey, you know, maybe yeah. comes in and is going to displace him. But continuing his confidence, playing well in front of him, I think is a really important thing right now. And even in the 4-0 loss to Minnesota, I don't think Creek played badly. I think he got kind of hung out to dry by his defense a lot of times. I think they were giving up some shots that shouldn't have been allowed to happen in the first place. So, I mean, it, I, I don't think he looked like he was playing nearly the, the scoreline made him look like he had a bad game i don't think he had a bad game i agree so yeah we're leaving uh, straight from here to the game we would record tomorrow but uh tomorrow is mother's day so uh, we didn't think that would be appropriate happy mother's day to happy mother's day moms. to all your moms by the time you listen to this it will have passed so hopefully you all had a my All mom, those moms out there had a nice Mother's Day. My mom will not be listening to this. I cannot imagine what? her sitting and listening to a soccer podcast. But, wow. you know, I'll some people's moms it. will. Yeah, she might listen to it. That would, I mean, she might be hooked into this and we'll have a new Lul again. We never know. Nice. Okay, after uh, after today's match, they're going on a two-week break. And then they'll meet up at Ralph Court Stadium for the first time to host Timbers 2. I will miss the games at SLU. I, I like I like Herman Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, we are completely done with it, aren't we, after that? One more match Is there one more? later in the season. I had a feeling we came back for one. I just couldn't remember what But it it's was. also in the space of the question mark of that mm. match against SKC2 at the mm-hmm. end of the season that we're all, we'll, all rumors about where that will be played and probably things like that. Probably be at Centene Stadium. Yeah. It's <laughs> a 36B Memorial. If, if I, I, but, yeah. I think... Uh, I think that'll be a lot of fun if it's at the big park, like we're all assuming. But you know, they don't want to. They, they they want to hold off before making that official. So yeah, Ralph Court Stadium is uh, SIU Edwardsville. It's their uh, little stadium. We, some of us have experience going there for. Uh, we've talked about this on previous episodes, but we've uh, went there for some preseason games for St. Louis FC. It's a it's a nice place for us on the Missouri side. It's a little further, but hey, that's that's what happens, right? You uh, expect you know, that. The Illinois people no do deal. that all the time. Yeah, exactly. It's time for us to, uh, you know, we, do it. <laughs> it's a it's a half a season, and then next year we all get to settle into to downtown. That's right. Know. Yeah, that would be the expectation. Better for expectation that a lot of these would be at the south of market fields and things like that going forward, or at the big stadium once that's up and running. See if uh, how that works next year with the two team and what the. You know how they work that. Yeah, if it's just on the practice yeah. fields, uh, or or where they do that. So I've only ever been to Edwardsville for my cousin got married on that campus. My assumption is it's going to be a little bit less of a formal environment than what we've seen at Herman. Like, what what would people be in for if they've been to some of those games? They're getting used to being at a city match. Like, what what's going to be the difference? Uh, I mean, you don't have the big parking garage that a lot of us will be tailgating in but there's a parking lot down the one side Huge of the field and i would assume lot. that the big parking lot there yeah we'll, we'll still have some uh I'm some tailgating sure going they, on on that side hopefully they allow us i'm not i i've not seen rules on uh what the campus's rules on alcohol in the parking lot and things are like that but i i would assume that the team will be 
sharing any of that or else check with the uh, supporters group social media. They will have all of the details as we get closer to it, I'm sure. If I recall from one of the last times that we were there for St. Louis FC, the stands are only on one side of the stadium, and on the other side is basically a big grass field uh, with the a berm. fence. The berm is what they refer to it as, and we just stood along the berm and stood along the fence and watched. And, and it's fine. Cool. It's, a, yeah, it's actually it pretty worked. good sidelines yeah. from there. And the, the stadium itself is fine, like the, the other side where it has regular... Yeah, and it's an elevated field, too, so you can see pretty much the, you, you get a pretty good view of the whole uh, field, so... Yeah, it's it bad. is. It's a, it's a good setup. Very yeah. cool. I've heard we cleared all the bridge trolls between St. Louis and Illinois. That was the last traffic report that I had seen, that there is no potential risk of crossing a bridge to yeah. go watch soccer at this point. I mean, I mean all <laughs> St. Louisans are terrified of crossing bridges. We all act like going to Illinois is... Uh, Contrary to belief, you know. if you cross the bridge, you will not blow up or... Yeah, spontaneously. I crossed combust. one to be here today. I Did I am you? a living example that it's okay. St. Charles. Yes. Hey, yeah. I'm right. from Lake St. Louis right now. Yeah. Really? We'll have to talk about that. I used to live out there, so yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll save that for later. All right. Uh, other city two news. They, um, as we all know, Eric Walker went down with a season-ending injury. We were using our director of goalkeeping as a backup. He is no longer on the roster, and they have added 26-year-old. Ian McGrain, who uh, I think he's just there for a backup. I think he was one of these guys that I didn't really look into his stats, but he did play two seasons with uh, USL side Tampa Bay Rowdies. And um, before, I guess, being let go to uh, an independent team. Where uh, he's we... in a NISA team this year, yeah. yeah. Playing for Bay Cities in the, in, in the NISA league. So I'm, I'm thinking that Hackworth was probably uh, familiar with them and saw that we needed a... A backup, a good, a decent backup keeper, and he was a good option. I mean, if Tampa Bay had him on their roster the last couple of years, Tampa Bay have had a good team. Uh, you know, even if this guy was not their their go to guy, I'm I'm sure he is a serviceable backup. Uh, you know, it, who knows? Maybe you found somebody who just has been getting overlooked. Yeah, obviously, the style is going to put a little bit of pressure on your defense and your goalkeeper to play an active role in that because you are going to be pressing up a lot. So. You'd hope that this is somebody that's going to fit into that system and be able to play, you know, as part of that, you know, back line. Well, and besides, you just uh, you really need somebody under a under a contract as your backup keeper. It's yeah. going in just kind of hoping that we never need one is probably not the best uh, long term play. Yeah, we might not see him play at all, or get he'll, he'll probably get very little time, especially with Berkey coming. And unfortunately, the fact that we're out of the Open Cup, if we'd, yeah. Uh, yeah. If we'd made a deeper run in that, it would be more of an issue playing two games a week. For sure. i watch he gets the start tonight. Anyway, uh, moving on. On the stadium side of things, there was an article by STL Today that came out on Thursday with uh, some updates. As we know, the seats have been in the process of being installed within the uh, colors of those seats. Uh, a big prominent city is being spelled out. And uh, what is that, the steel? I'm not even going to guess what they call these colors. It's, it's a silver. Um, and in a few weeks, the installation of the sod will take place. They reported that 80% of the construction is complete. Everything is on budget and set for uh, completion around by the end of the July. Now, I mean, the seats going in are starting to make it actually look like a stadium. Once there's grass on the field, then it's going to be even better. It actually looks like a... A soccer stadium instead of a construction site? 
Yeah, and a lot of the stuff you're hearing, too, about the nature of the pitch itself, the way they're building it, heated, cooled, all those types of things that are going to make it, you know, hopefully a place that is going to provide really good soccer for everybody, too. And, you know, a place that people don't hate to play when you're thinking about trying to bring players here and things like that. Like, you don't want it to be a brutal environment unless you are a member of the team. I mean, the team has put out interviews with, or, you know, some articles with their, uh, their guy in charge of the turf now you know their head mm-hmm. grounds guy is was interviewed on their app and on their podcast and you know that's it's yep, nice to hear to i don't want to be one right. of these teams i mean we could have been charlotte coming in this year tearing out their turf and putting in artificial turf uh just in time to go into mls and make it worse that's at least they're doing it the right way if you listen to the This Is Silly podcast, they reported that there is the possibility of a supporter section event at the stadium uh, to make up for our stadium tour that the um, general reserves are getting. They're waiting on, uh, apparently they're waiting on the, the finalizing of the section, and so more details will, will come. Right now with no railings there in the supporter section yeah, until the railings go in. You know, seeing somebody just tumble their way down the section is probably not what the team wants. It was interesting seeing some of the videos that were released in that article of uh, one of the reporters walking down a set of stairs that probably are not actually open. And whether or not there are people yelling at him, like, uh, get back from there, that's that's not a safe place to stand. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the, the idea that it is an active construction site is, is very real. Uh, obviously, they had an injury there before and they take Mm, that thing very mm -hmm. very seriously so uh, i think it's also just a symbol of the professionalism of the building of the stadium and establishing what we're doing and when people running around willy-nilly and having a really bad experience sometimes we don't like to talk about uh hearsay because it could just be for nothing but i did see a complaint in um i don't remember which facebook group it was now in the comments of this um, this article, apparently there's already a potential issue that uh, could be problematic. Again, this is just what one person commented. They said that uh, it looks like there's going to be a lack of bathrooms, which could be a big yeah. I can see that being a problem, but who knows? Maybe it's not true. But I'm not sure that we've seen finalized plans from the team of exactly how many and where they right. are. Do we so? Anything we're hearing would have to be from someone who's heard from someone on the construction crew. Yeah, that's what I think it was. I, I believe the person commented that uh, you know they heard from somebody who is on the construction crew that that is exactly what. I mean, but it's I don't know. It, it's hard to tell at this juncture. We'll I would assume that the people who design these things, uh, all of that stuff is they have formulas for all of that now to figure all of that out. Where it's all computerized. How many fans have you got? How long is the game? You know, it, doing all of the math that goes into that. I, I can't imagine that they're just winging it. And similar to comments that were made on other podcasts about we should have built a 40,000-seat stadium. Oh, they yeah. paid people a lot of money to decide exactly how we should build this for the best possible experience. You know, Matt Seebeck is a person that, if you have questions about this, just go find him. He's at matches. He's at watch parties and things like that. Yeah. And I have a really hard time believing that that part of the experience of standing in a bathroom line is going to be really key to what we're trying to do here. So I would be really surprised about that. It's something I'm going to specifically look at as somebody that is interested in general reserve seats. Yes, I've got my supporter section tickets already locked up. I plan to be there. But I want to see seats that are close to bathrooms that you know have those types of accesses. So I, I just really would have a hard time believing that's true. 
But, I mean, it, things, mistakes are made sometimes. I remember when they were building the current Bush Stadium, they were well into construction when they had to redesign the bathrooms there because they actually realized that they were running afoul of state law about bathrooms. Uh, really? Missouri has, because they were getting partial taxpayer funding, hmm. there's rules on the ratio of men to women's toilets uh, in any building built with uh, with state funding. If you're getting hmm. tax money, you have to follow... It's not just up to code, but there are rules to prevent those. You know, we all remember older stadiums where you'll see the women waiting in line for an hour while the men are zipping in and out because the, you know, it's the way it works that there are now laws in place for equity for that to add additional women's room so the women are not disadvantaged at things like sporting events. And, and Bush Stadium had to redesign it well into the construction process because they hmm. just hadn't accounted for that. It'll be a long way from, you know, porta potties in the parking lot. Right. That's, uh, I think we're all. Yeah, we don't want this turning into Wrigley Field or anything like that where people just get fed up because, I mean, obviously this is going to be a place where there's going to be a lot of drinking, there's going to be a lot of families, there's going to be people that need to do these types of things. And, you know, the, the club representatives, again, are, they're there and they, they do have these opportunities. So if, if there are real concerns, you yeah. know, that's. As long as there's not a, them, yeah. a pee trough, that's all I care about because that's. Uh... I just I don't know. I think that's as much fun as they are. Uh, I don't know. Joe versus Steve conversation here because I think the Joes are. That's, we understand how much oh, really? work you, you can get a lot of work done in a trough <laughs> that you can't get done with eight urinals. Like, I mean, man, get, that's how you speed it up. You create flow. No, not for me, man. I'm. I, I mean, I was that. brought up as a kid going to the barn. You hey, know, I was brought up as a kid too. Well, I mean, but when you learn, like, yeah, I don't know, elbow your way in there with these other old men to, you know, find your spot to. But when to you're pee a kid, the, that's the, trough, the worst you know? age to do it. You're you're right at waist level, and you're trying to. A lot of a lot of bad things can happen. I don't know. I'm I grew saying. up quick. I grew up quick. Oh yeah, I can, park I can see why. Um, <laughs> this is exactly what everybody tuned in for is for detailed discussions yes. of. Uh, well. Okay. Where men want to go to the bathroom, especially. Speaking of that, I think we should take a. Uh, who actually are listening to us? I'm sorry. I think we should take a, a little uh, break, refresh our beers before we get into talking to Joe Number Two. I am finished with my second shift brewing Kolsch, so it's time for a new one. Joe, what do you have? Uh, I am drinking a second shift brewing Technical Ecstasy. Tech Ec. So I am good. just finishing my STL IPA from Urban Chestnut, and I'm not sure yes. what I'm going to get into next. Well, hey, I've we'll got, I've got to take a look. Yeah, see what I have. Steve's and uh, I didn't say it earlier, but our buddy uh, Ryan Pulliam is here. Mr. Uh, St. Louis Stars has been in the background observing, taking pictures. Say hi, Ryan. Just sitting hey. there. Making hey. sure we're not doing anything hey. illegal here. <laughs> and, and Ryan, what are you, what are you drinking? Um, a uh, prickly pear, thanks to you. Yeah, from Second Shift. Prickly uh, pear, uh, Rooligans, yeah. yeah. So um, let's push pause. Let's uh, refresh our beers, and then we'll uh, we'll start section number two, part number two, talking to Joe number two. Welcome back. Um, we're back for, uh, section number two, part number two with Joe number two. Oh yeah. Uh, we have, uh, refilled a beers really quick. I've got the narrow gauge OJ run. Joe? You got his wickle. Oh, sorry, Joe. I'm Joe. I'm Joe. sorry. You're oh, Joe number, Joe number two has his wickle. Oh, that's still, uh, finishing off the tech act from, uh, from before. Joe's nursing the tech act. And I gave, and I gave Ryan Pulliam, I should say Ryan Pulliam <laughs> gladly took off my, uh, my hands deep down in my beer fridge. 
from like two years ago, eight cores. <laughs> and it's in a stout bottle, which is pretty cool. So I haven't seen a core stubby in yeah, man. a long time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So way to take one for the team, Ryan. And I'm, uh, I hope I hope you like it. It's, it should be nice and cold. So we're back. Now we're going to talk to Joe number two, Mr. Joe Nauman, all about basically who the heck he is, what's he been up to, what's he doing, what, why are you here? No. Um, oh, man. So, Joe, um, just really quick, tell us soccer background, playing yeah. and or fan. So Give it to us. Yeah, I'm a kid that grew up in St. Louis. Uh, so, yeah, you played soccer. That's just kind of how it is. And it, it's funny interacting with people that didn't grow up around here that that wasn't the thing, where it's just not automatic that I don't care what shape or, you know, sports uh, interest you have. If you grew up in St. Louis, especially in North County, I grew up in St. John, oh, yeah. you play soccer. You know, it's part of that. Um, as a bigger kid, I wasn't real good. Um, I also had the misfortune of playing with a lot of like really good players on my grade school teams who went on to play varsity at DeSmet at the time that I went there. So I, I've grown up in big, you know, kind of soccer cultures, but wasn't good enough to really play. Um, it wasn't until I started working with Enterprise Rent-A-Car um, after college, started playing indoor soccer as just part of, you know, being a part of things that I was like, wow, this is really fun. This is way more fun as an adult when you can like have a couple beers afterwards and in between. Oh yeah. Um, and then watching Chelsea matches that just happen to be playing at Soccer Dome afterwards. Ooh. Yeah, it's that Chelsea? other team in, in London that, that wins trophies. Uh, um, I don't, don't know. Yeah, them. so I I started getting really interested in it and having a really early AM job, line up early on the weekends, and I was like, oh, I can turn this on and watch this. And slowly but surely that just kind of grew into a little bit of a, an obsession with uh, obviously European soccer. Had a chance to travel over to Italy, saw a Lazio match. Awesome. Not that I'm a specific Lazio fan, just want to put that out there. Just was in town while I was there. Heck yeah. Uh, you know, um, I know that particular club has a, a culture all of its own. Um, so, yes, you know, seeing those, those types of things um, really changed my perception of what soccer fandom is. You know, I think a lot of people see movies and they see, you know, the more sensationalist things that might happen and think that it's all ultras and all people fighting and, you know, right. throwing flares at each other. And <clears throat> I've honestly never experienced that in any place that I've seen it here in the States or internationally. Um, so it, it's just been a really kind of interesting thing to, to see like, wow, this is what it was. This mm -hmm. is what it's really all mm -hmm. about. Um, when you go watch again, the beautiful game, that's what I've gotten really interested in. Nice. So then what made you kind of, started to go here but what made you decide to be part of the supporters group here in st louis um and in particular the st louisans sure uh, it was about 2016 i was looking for some opportunity i had been a blue season ticket holder in the past before i'd moved to the west coast and had to give that up uh coming back i i knew i didn't want cardinal season tickets i have pretty good access to those so i was looking around for what other professional sports are in st louis and you know, I'll be honest that I hadn't considered STLFC at the time to be, you know, at the level of professional sports. Then I started to look into it a little bit deeper. It was very close to where I was working. Uh, there's a lot of people might be triggered right now. I, I very <laughs> much so understand. Um, but, you know, I started to look into that and, and see, you know, who supports this club and what's that all about. And I learned a little bit about the Luligans. Uh, I went to one match. I bought tickets in Section 8 in the corner. Nice. And that's pretty much all she wrote. Uh, nice. I was hooked. Um, I mean, I know you go to a lot of like baseball games, hockey games, and it's a fun atmosphere, but 
at a soccer game where you're standing up and you're interacting with 360 degrees of the people around you mm-hmm. that are diverse and are, you know, people you don't normally interact with. That was a really cool experience. Um, don't believe we won that match, which is not shocking for right. STLC yeah. fans. Um, but more, more about the experience. <laughs> you don't leave with that like bummer of a, like, well, I went to a Cardinals game and they lost. Like, yeah. oh, I went to a SCLC game. It was right. fun. Didn't go our way, but like the ability to meet people and interact with people, like really, I got hooked. Um, called a ticket rep, bought season tickets for 17 uh, about a week later. Life kind of got in the way of, of those types of things, so I had to sort of set it down for, for a couple years. As but it does. I had every intention of you know being there with my kids in that corner because um, it really showed an opportunity to be a part of something really cool and fun. That's awesome. And from there, obviously, you know, I started to talk with Steve a little bit. You know, I saw Steve uh, online talking about City, and this is about the time that some of those conversations were happening. And I actually reached out to him uh, and said, like, you know, what's the difference between you and the Luligans? Because I, I didn't really understand what everything mm-hmm. was. And honestly, Steve's been um, awesome in, in bringing me in and, and telling me, you know, this is what it's about, uh, breaking down some, some kind of stigmas maybe I had about a supporters group and that culture. Um, and learning a lot more about the Luligans specifically being about working in the community. Uh, one of the first, I think, Luligan matches I went to, they were sponsoring the St. Louis Crisis Nursery, which mm. is a charity that's very, very close to my heart. Uh, they do some unbelievable work for the people that cannot help themselves, you know, children uh, in the St. Louis area, you know, housing 40 plus children on a daily basis to make sure that you know, they're cared for in situations that they wouldn't be otherwise. And that I learned is as much a part of what the Luligans is about as it is supporting soccer. It's about supporting our culture and our city. Uh, And soccer is an extension of that because it's a a natural thing for us. So that, I mean, I enjoy the experience of being in a match. And this other piece of, oh, you get to be a part of something bigger that's contributing, sold, no problem. Runs a lot deeper, absolutely. Um, but I think that's also the beautiful thing about what I've learned about the Luligans is you get to be what if you are willing to show up, make noise, and have fun, that's all you have to do. That's the boilerplate. You can take it from there. If you want to be a part of the volunteer opportunities, um, you can. They're in many different communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to be a part of the fundraising, you can. It, it, all kinds of different opportunities mm-hmm. to do that, different charities. Uh, so it, it gives you license to make of it what you want to make of it. There's no expectation that, oh, you got to be in. If you're not giving money, then you're not doing enough. Or you're not doing this, you're not doing enough. Um, you know, we respect everybody for coming in and showing up, literally. Uh, and that's, in a lot of ways, what spurs on all the other bigger things that we wind up doing. Right on. Yeah, and first of all, you're welcome. I mean, I'll, I would help anybody, and I'm sure most Luligans would, anybody who reaches out. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Pulliam, you're new to the Luligans also, sitting yeah. back there enjoying your cores. Um, <laughs> Our chuckle hut for the, for the day. <laughs> but I think I think you're right. I mean, it, it does run a lot deeper, and we're starting to see other supporters groups. So if for some reason you have an issue with the Luligans or whatever, there's other supporters groups. You can still stand in the supporters section with us next year or this year even, mm-hmm. and you'll be accepted. You don't even have to be a part of any group to stand in our supporters section and you'll be accepted. You can just be there and just have fun. And yeah, like you said, show up and make noise. Yeah. The physical act of yeah, standing with us is, is 
it's a really important thing. And I think people take it a little lightly. And, you know, I mean, I've been in a lot of situations where, you know, I have social anxiety and oh, it's not a lot of fun to, to go and introduce yourself mm-hmm. to people and come up with witty banter that's going to engage them. Like, that's, that's a tall order, especially yeah. for me as a soccer novice. I don't know about formations and where this dude went to high school and like how long he's been, you know, with STL. People can run laps around me around that. And so I have this constant imposter syndrome, but there's always somebody that you can kind of break off and have your conversation with, or, you know, and I've told people this too, like if you don't feel comfortable, just come stand next to me and you don't have to say anything like that's fine. Like just I like that. being together is, is okay. And mm-hmm. you know that you'll find your conversation, you'll find your people, it's so diverse, and I think that's another thing I'm really appreciative to Steve and the Luligans in general is I never would have met a lot of these people if I wouldn't be in this group. Um, there's a lot of things that I've been exposed to, especially in the last couple of years of um, American life, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Uh, this group has been a huge influence on how to continue to make being a citizen of this community better, and that's... Something that, again, extends beyond soccer. We, we go and have a lot of fun at soccer games, but that's sort of the tie that binds us in some ways, but yeah. it's, it's a lot bigger than that. And I noticed you're wearing your Thieves shirt. I am, I am, definitely. Really cool to represent them. Yeah. Which is a branch of the Luligans, if you're not familiar. Um, how would you say it? More of like a, an activism. Activism and yes. uh, actually giving back more directly to the community. They're running mm-hmm. a lot of uh, great service programs and things to... They were putting together bags for the homeless. They were, they're also doing separate fundraising, but a lot of it actual more boots on the ground volunteer work than instead of just uh, giving money on game day, which they're both great and that's part of the fun of it. So, yeah, and I know the Luligans represents, you know, obviously everybody that falls within this giant umbrella, but I think Mm -hmm. the Thieves really tries to shine a light on marginalized groups, yeah, LGBTQ plus community. Um, obviously people that are being challenged a lot right now, like we are a place where you should feel comfortable. Uh, I, and you know, I, they talked about a little bit on the Luligan podcast that soccer supporters culture can be a little broy for four guys in the room right now. Yeah. I might as well point out, I don't know about the dog as a matter of fact, but the dog's um, a female, so. <laughs> right, but she's not a soccer fan. Close. So oh, shit. Yeah. might be a Chelsea oh. fan. You never know. Have you looked at her? But <laughs> seeing, the ability for people just again show up and, and hang out with us if you yeah. like if you like being in a place and singing songs um being in part of a supporters group is as much about the individual interaction as it is about the sport i think i found too um and i think that's another thing to i i would say to break down some stigmas about like oh if you want to be in a supporter section number one it's you're not head cracking there's no like we're, we're 100 non-violent group like that's not welcome yeah with us yeah not um, only is that not what they're doing like we wouldn't put up with that no, in this section they, that not. the people who every once in a while you get somebody who shows up who seems to think that that's what it's going to be and they they yeah, yeah, they're, they're turned away immediately that is not we've, a we've, we've experienced that a couple times not yeah. not so far yet but but yeah. we've seen a I couple mean, of mls clubs that have had trouble separating yeah. themselves from some of the unsavory elements that Absolutely. show up in their supporter sections and this isn't that st louis is not putting up with that no not at all so what would you say to somebody who maybe is sitting on the fence, who's thinking, mm, you know, that supporter section is looking cool, or join the Luligans looks like fun, but, you know, I'm a little uh, hesitant, um, maybe like us, a little social anxiety. I like what you said about standing next to you. That's awesome. But what can you really, like, 
I mean, I know Joe and I have been with the group long enough to where we have our own answers. Um, but for you being a, a newer Luligan, um, what would you say? How, how would you describe Like if somebody you work with came up to you right now and said, hey, you know, that St. Luligan group, I, I saw them on the whatever. They look really cool. It looks fun. What can you tell me about it? What what should I do to, to join up, you know, or maybe I'm, I'm asking too many questions. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. And, and But it's you get presented with a lot of questions because it, it's something I think people don't understand a whole lot. The best way and the simplest way I think I can describe it is to tell people, like, think about going to a concert. Did you notice that you weren't sitting down for the, I mean, some concerts go on for three hours. You know, did you notice you weren't sitting down for those three hours? You're dancing around. That's what it's like being in a supporter section. I know a lot of people think about that, like, well, I can't sit down. To an extent, like, you're interacting, again, with 360 degrees of the people around you. You know, you can turn and talk to the people around mm -hmm. you. You're jumping, you're chanting, you're doing all kinds of different things. If the standing is a concern, it's a lot less like standing in a, in a DMV line than it is being at a, the, the best concert that you've ever been at, where you're jumping up and down and having a great time. That's a great description. Yeah. 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 And, be, and again, you know, you might walk away without them playing your favorite song, i.e. your club winning, but you still had an experience. You still had something that's going to leave you walking away with a, with a buzz. You know, like, man, like, I, I didn't like the result, but that one chant we did like really hit and it was a great, you know, penalty kick or corner or whatever happened. You're going to have those types of memories that sitting in a seat just with the people that are on your right and your left that you're going to interact with. It's a different thing. And I think obviously these games at SLU, these games at, at court are going to be really cool opportunities for people to get a really low cost exposure to that. Um, I've seen a lot of people, especially being on the sides of the Luligan section at, at Herman, that you know people start to stand up more and more, and it cascades out from us a little bit. And you see people, oh, this is what it is. Oh, it's not anything scary, or we don't bite, um, but we're just standing over here standing up. And that's literally the biggest difference is once you start standing up, you're a little bit more willing to yell a little bit louder or wave your scarf in the air, wherever it might be. So... It's just a little bit of that change of nature of the way you can support something and be a fan. I think it's different in a supporter section you'll see in general reserve or in a box or anything like that. I'll say, too, that you you don't, you know, I talk about beer a lot because that's just part of who I am. You don't have to drink. It is a big party, yeah. but it's also not, you know, a bunch of drunken bros. Some people get that way. It's, it's not... Uh, it's encouraged, but it's, not, it's you don't have to. There's a lot, plenty of people who show up, might just have an occasional beer, but are actually watching the game. And you can talk to people around you, your game. You'll find your people. You'll find your little niches of what to do. You'll you'll find all kinds of levels. It, it yeah. fits many different forms. Well, you look like a group like the No Nap Ultras, too, that are right. going to be focused on being in the supporter section with children. There are going to be places that you can feel comfortable. You can feel absolutely safe. I, I want to make that a just a very clear point that like there is, and I, I I guess people see these things. You watch movies. You get a I think maybe kind of a twisted idea, but it's a safe place for everybody. Um, absolutely. Age, gender, um, you know, any of those types of things. It's a welcoming place to to kind of go in and again have a have a blast. Um, I, I don't know of anybody that's gone in there and has been like, oh, there was maybe too much fun for me or, or something along those lines. And everybody like, that was the lamest damn thing I've done in years. Like that just doesn't happen. 
I guess I would say the Lulians also does seem to be somewhat of a racist and bigot repellent to to yeah. an extent that like people just come around like those aren't my people. Right. Those those Great. people that accept everybody. Wow, those aren't my people because I only accept me and people that look like me. You know, that's just not uh, that's not the environment that we're trying to create. And you know, obviously, a lot of the conversation that's going on right now. Um, huge props to to Sarah and company for the article that they put out. Given, I think me a lot of thought as to oh, yeah. prior behaviors, current behaviors, yep. and you know, absolutely what we're trying to build, and yep. very specifically what we're not trying to build mm-hmm. um, as we get bigger. Because um, yep. again, this is city two, city is coming. We need to scale up the good things, and that's mm-hmm. that's a lot of I think what mm-hmm. the learning is about right now. And. And getting it right from the first place. We don't want to be one of those teams where we're trying to fix problems in our section of, of things. We want to be fixing that as we go. That, yeah, root out the sexism and the, all of that now. Like Sarah's talking about being more aware right. before it becomes a, a problem within the groups, you know, at the larger scale, at the MLS level. Because this is a good group of people. These are people who most of them are trying their best. So the more we can call that out, like she was asking for, the more we can be aware of when some of us don't act right and, and fix it now, that's that is definitely the way to go. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, we police ourselves pretty well. I think there's there's the ability to, for us to call, you know, BS on on one another to a certain standard of behavior that, you know, we're trying to do something, we're trying to do big things, and we're not going to let, you know, little things kind of derail that. Yeah. For now. Hopefully that yeah. stays the same. As we grow, get bigger, people who aren't, that familiar with our group and what we kind of stand for there might be issues but you know and if we do get anybody who's not part of the overlapping venn diagram of, of fans here uh do go check out sarah robertson of the luligans mm-hmm. yes, article please. about uh some of the sexism it, that happens in supporters culture and she talked to a, a bunch of prominent women from a bunch of different groups uh in St. Louis and in other soccer markets as well. Yeah, uh, that was well so written. I realize a lot of you are uh, have already heard her talk about that on the This Is Silly podcast this mm-hmm. week. But mm-hmm. if you didn't, or well, this past week, by the time you listen to this, uh, if, if you didn't, go go check that out. Absolutely, 100%. I, I think there's the opportunity to see the world through a different set of eyes. Mm-hmm. And there's five or six different really important opinions in that in that article that need to be considered, you know, and... and um, might change your opinion on the way you behave sometimes. And that's that's a good thing. Absolutely. Always strive to be a better person. Like I tell my kids, be 1% better every day. Or you're going to wind up like dad. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, you don't want that. No. Like I, I tell my kids that a lot. Like, look at me. You want to be like this? Is this what you want? Is <laughs> right. this what you want? Like, no. Let, let's get to a different scenario mm-hmm. where now we're talking about someone who thinks they're going to miss out on general reserve seats. And so now they're thinking about supporter section. What would you say to that person? Well, I got I, a, a few I mean, things. Number one, uh, I think seeing the pricing, which, man, whoever leaked that is just a total jerk. There's going to be a lot of opportunity. I think people are concerned about their timestamps right now. And I think that's a very easy knee-jerk reaction. Given the pricing and some of the reaction, I think you're going to see a lot more people get a shot at season tickets than you expect. Number one. Number two, going back to what I said about the supporter section, that it's the difference you think it is may not be the difference that it really is. So, you know, what I would just be really honest about what your concerns are and come experience what we're actually doing. Come see it at at Herman or at Court. Uh, 
you know, hit us up on social media. I mean, we're all available. Uh, our goal is to make as many people feel welcome with what we're doing as possible. So there may be some concern that I'm not, I honestly haven't considered as a large white male uh, that other people uh, might be concerned about. So, you know, help us make sure that we're, we're looking at all the angles, but it's more about being with a bunch of people and having a bunch of fun than it is like being a soccer passionate person. You don't have to be like, I don't know formations and exactly how they work. I mean, there, there's you no expectation soon. of that. Yeah, I, Joe I and I will talk. You um, I'm trying to break down the salary cap. I can barely fit that. No, in no, my no, head. no like, don't even like, talk. No, like, let's, like, let's I'll stay show away you from a different screen shit. on my computer. Yeah. Here in a minute. Um, let's stay away from all that salary but, stuff. Uh, or, or actually ask Matt yes, Baker. If you have any of those questions, I'll school Matt Baker on that. The but, people yeah. who work in MLS don't actually understand MLS <laughs> no. salary caps. Miami proved that last year right, when that's they kept signing say. guys who aren't um, even uh, legal to, to get. And either they thought they weren't going to get caught or they absolutely had no idea. Because they assumed that nobody actually knows the rules. How can you catch them if the rules make no sense? Yeah. MLS salary rules are... the, the If you understand that, then you are now the guru and uh, yep. the rest of us in the... We'll just listen to you. I know Matt no Baker. He does actually. We had an episode. I don't know if you listened to that. Where anyway, I digress. Um, Matt Baker. I posted a graphic that broke down the salary cap, and the Luligans called me nerd. Yeah. The Luligans, the people oh, that are carry the that. most about this, called me a nerd for for breaking it down mm. the way that I did. So, it's it's just it's it's a masterclass in gotcha accounting of, hey, we want you to be smart about this. And this conversation I have with lots of people, lots of games, of eventually the salary cap will go away. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The league will trust the owners we to know not be now. ridiculous. I maybe, I'm okay with some form of salary cap, but not this. The, what they have now with this is untenable. Yeah, yeah I want to create competitiveness. Sure. I want the salary cap to do that. But the salary cap right now prevents owners not, uh, from being dumb and doing ridiculous right. things for short-term mm-hmm. gains because this is a long-term play. Mm-hmm. Don Garber's job right now is to make sure that no club totally tanks like oh, that yeah. is literally Absolutely. one of his key, key but he's entering job. that new phase where he knows they're not going to tank now that he has I, millions he of billions of dollars in the... tank now, i would say <laughs> we would all like to think that the days of chivas usa are, right. are gone yeah and the but, people since who are the buying now... investments not paying off real well so far i gotta say they they do put butts in seats but like the, the product is garbage You'll if see you it. come in I think you're gonna have a lot more fun than you're expecting, especially if you're a if you're a St. Louis sports fan. I want you to think back to the days of like the ambush at the barn and like raucous crowds and just people having a good time. This is not like going to a Blues or Cardinals game necessarily. Maybe outside of the bleachers at Cardinals games because I'm a big bleachers guy and I think it it exudes a lot of the same vibe as we do in the supporter section. It's still a mellower version of it. That's uh, yeah, I hear you. Ba- baseball is by its nature, yeah. you know, a mellower sport to watch. Yes, I mean you will have people. You're going to see some of the most passionate fans. You're going to see in the supporter section. So when something happens, expect a passionate response. Sure. Oh yeah. That may not be uh, G rated or PG rated or PG thirteen rated in some cases. We're trying to work out some of the more awful things, as you'll hear on you know this is silly, but. Again, there is space for everybody to yell and scream and make their own noise. Um, and if, again, it's general admission. It's five sections of general admission. So if there's one section that's not, you're not feeling it, probably moving up and to one of the sides is going to be a lot less um, raucous. But you're not losing anything from being able to enjoy the game. 
it's not like you know you're getting to enjoy obstructed sightline kind of tickets right. like you could buy at the barn back in the right. day. They're like exactly. two dollars. You know, yeah, it's not a trade off of oh, I'm only doing this. Yes, it you're actually doubling your enjoyment because you can enjoy the game on the game level. You're gonna have good views mm-hmm. and good seats. You're gonna or well not seats good a good spot to watch yes. from. And then you're also going to be able to feed off the passion of the fans around it. So if you're watching mm-hmm. because you love analyzing the game, you're still going to get to do that. But then yep. you're going to also, at the same time, get to enjoy the best of interacting with other people, even the ones you don't know. Some of the best conversations I've had at games are in the middle of a supporter section talking to complete strangers because I yelled about a play and the guy next to me says, oh, you know, yeah, that's right, dude. Did you see that? Like, oh, I saw that. And it, it's... The instant camaraderie that comes with that. There are going to be fans in that section who are maybe just by nature quiet and timid and mm-hmm. who want to just watch the game. And yes, they're, they want to be in that section because they do like the atmosphere. And I, I think I wouldn't I'm not even... On a person like that. Well, I, I, I quote Matt Bird of saying like football is misery. Like there's going to be a lot of like one nothing games and like tough games where... I don't know if I would want to be sitting anywhere other than the supporter section at a tough game because it's where like Zach and the stand up show up, make noise guys. Like they're not going to quit. They're going to play 90 minutes, mm-hmm. no matter what, mm-hmm. no matter what the score on the, on the board is. And if you're sitting on the other side of the stadium and it's four nil at half, like that's going to be, rough. that's not going to be a super fun place. I would way rather be with a bunch of people that are still having fun, no matter what's yeah. happening, no matter the score on the board, we're going to support the team. We're going to try to push them forward to an epic comeback or whatever it's going to be. But that's still going to be, in my opinion, more fun than, than sitting and excusing the, the risks that you might experience being in the supporter section. Um, I'm just yeah, trying yeah, to make I, my I point across. Don't be intimidated by us. This is my whole point. But I think one of the, the last point that I'll make, too, is that from a general supporters group, again, the Luligans are not the only supporters group out there. Right. From talking to all these different people, our goal is to make the supporter section as welcoming as possible. And if we're not doing that, we need to know about it. We need to know who doesn't feel welcome. And if you don't feel comfortable putting that out on Twitter, you know, DM any, any Luligan, any, anybody out here, you know, we want to understand where, um, you know, we may be losing, losing some horsepower and, and some some amplitude from all the voices that we could be bringing in. Uh, and, you know, I think a lot, again, the current climate and culture is we want to make sure that we're constantly getting better and building a bigger, quote-unquote, city. You know, it's one of the things I think really excited me about the club, too, is this idea of city. So we are a fractured city, and they are oh, looking yeah. directly at that and saying, we shouldn't be, let's try to be better, and these are all steps at doing that. Great point. And people listening to this podcast do not have to be supporter section. No, no, no. People, no. it's it, we want to be able to talk to everybody, but there are definitely people who are still feeling this out, mm-hmm. still deciding mm-hmm. if they are, you know, in it for the supporter section for next year or not. And if you're not, enjoy watching us. And if you are, that's, I mean, that's going to be the engine that drives the, the crowd and the, and the stadiums. I can't imagine anywhere else that I would want to be. For you know, that's the. Hopefully, a to me. hopefully this pod, this episode helped some people. Um, we even have a couple. I won't say their names, but we have a couple people in the City SC report who have been, and that's in my mind. That's who I'm trying to address. They're the ones that are like, I don't know, I don't know mm-hmm. if I really want to be a part of that. You know, for various reasons, and that's fine. But 
I want them all to know that they are all welcome. Absolutely. And, yeah. And just message us. Message me. Message Joe. Joe number two. Ryan, St. Louis Stars. He'll tell you. Or, yeah. uh, I'll have to get a new Twitter handle is Joe number two, and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll work on that. Do um, it. Yeah. But yeah, and also, you know, if you come out to a match, if you want to come check it out and see what we're doing, uh, I'm number 40. Uh, if you want to come over and just stand by me and, you know, like that's all you got to do. Um, that's another way to, to kind of, again, see what it really is. And I, I encourage everybody to really do that. Might be for you, might not be, but I know it broke down some stigmas for me, for sure. Awesome. Any other questions for Joe number two? Uh, I think it's, uh, it's great to hear from somebody who has moved into this section yeah. you know, in, the, in the recent years. I, we, we don't want it to just turn into a gap between those of us who have been doing this for 12 years and, right. and, and people who are just coming in. You know, you need to mix everybody together. Yeah. That's the, the whole fun of it. There's going to be a whole lot more of us next year. Joe number two and Ryan, we're, we're, we're happy to have you guys. You guys fit in really well and, um, yeah, your initiation fees are due at the end of the year. Don't forget about that. <laughs> I'm no Matt Baker, but, you know, I, I do appreciate the opportunity to talk a little bit about just, you know, where I've come into this. And, you know, if, if it helps other people, then that's awesome. Yep. It's still up to you guys, though, to buy Mitch a monkey. I'm not sure who's going to do it, but um, you guys probably don't know what I'm talking about, but don't worry about it. It's okay. Uh, that is uh, the part of the supporter section that we've been working on for a long time. That's yep. I mean, I think having, he needs like a monkey. any which way but loose, like a orangutan style kind of like you know. We we need a we need a presence. Yeah. You have good I don't ideas. Need just a monkey. I need a. I mean, presence. we're MLS now, I so I mean, we we have to step like, it up. Not just I don't a monkey. Were any fights? I mean, the, the one in any which way but loose got in. Uh, yeah. When a orangutan shakes you off, yeah, you're done. You're done. That's the end of it. Yeah. Pull your arms off. Right turn, Clyde. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have not seen that movie in many decades. That is. Uh... All right. Well, I, th I think that's it. I think that's a good place to wrap up. We've got a game to get to. Um, we've got a tailgate to get to first. City and, 2 um, versus Vancouver. Vancouver. Some fancy new shirts to buy as well. There's some ah, new Lulagin. Uh, hinting at a. Uh, Mine's going to have to wait. I don't, came out. I, don't, yeah. I don't have money for mine, but not yet. But I will get it. Um, I'm digging the new logo that's on the back of it, though, too. I'm, oh, I didn't see it. I've been thinking of a Luligan tattoo, and I like that one a nice. lot. So that might be the one I pick. Cool. We'll see. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm due. I do not have any soccer tattoos. Yeah. Maybe another MLS coming might be the... All right. Well, Joe number two, thanks so much for being on, man. This is really awesome. appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yep. You're an yeah. awesome dude. Ryan Pulliam, you're not as awesome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thanks for being here, buddy. You're you're a really cool dude. Thanks for all your support. You do great work over at the St. Louis Stars. We we love uh, seeing all your photos and videos and everything. Yes, follow them, watch them. Yeah, for sure. Instagram, yep. everything. So that'll do it. Thanks so much, everybody. Remember to check us out on all the uh, socials, Twitter, Instagram. Am I forgetting something? No, I'm, I'm gonna brew a beer laughing. called Allergies. So everybody's be like, "Oh, it's my it's my allergies. Oh, my allergies are kicking my ass here." <laughs> Oh, my fifth allergy already. That's, that's, man, it's genius. I do like the, uh, Joe, Joe number two has all the ideas. So thanks so much, worst, everybody. Probably the worst idea. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for listening. Um, and uh, we'll see. Uh, Ryan, did you give your score? You didn't give your score for tonight's game. Score really prediction. prediction. Tonight's game, really um, quick. Selena to Joe number two's 3-1.
Good guys, yeah. up here, obviously. This, guys, this is the 3 1 microphone. Right we have here. no. Uh, yeah. All right, that'll do it. All right, uh, thanks, guys. Lots of confidence. We're all we're all picking City 2 to win. Right? Let's, uh, yeah, can you believe that? We all. Well, there's no ties, so I mean, they got to win. That's right. That, yeah, that's actually what I started to say at first. And I was like, yeah. no, 2 2 doesn't work. All right, that'll do it. Thanks, all. Thanks for listening. Adios. Go moms. We love you guys. Way to go. Oh. <laughs>